would go with us and uh, really enjoyed reading it. It was a, a small print, and, but uh, that same cross that he hung on meant a lot to me because on that cross he paid for my sins. He went to the heart of the earth. He stayed three days and three nights. And you don't have to be a scientist to know that Friday to Saturday to Sunday morning is not three days and three nights. But uh, I'm too old to argue on those things anymore. I will discuss it privately with people. I'll give them literature that I've gathered over the years and literature that I have written. But uh, we ought to be thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. As we look here, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. You know, we sang the old song, Army Christian Soldiers Marching as to War with the cross of Jesus going on before. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his name or blush to speak his name? Christianity is supremely the religion of my cross, and at the very center of my faith is an innocent man nailed to the cross between heaven and earth, dying for the sins of others. For now, more than 2,000 years, the cross has been the standard for God's great army of people and churches. So if you had been on Paul's ministry team and traveled from place to place, listen to him, it would have been apparent while the apostle was possibly the greatest follower of Christ, he really only had one message, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Christ and him crucified. My wife and I had a conversation last night, and I said, you know, that's the only thing that I know that it really amounts to anything. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. How to fix my iPhone and how to get my computer straightened and how to get my car ready. All those things are necessary. But if you don't know that Christ was crucified, buried, and rose for you, you're lost. You're on your way to hell and nobody can save you. So as we look at our text here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom or words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 
It is the power of God. What a wonderful realization. Skip down to verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. To save them that believe. God also said in verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified and to the Jews a stumbling block unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jew and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. In chapter 2, Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. For your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your holy scripture that enlightens us and encourages us that there is one way to glory, and that is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for having your church where you meet with your people each time the door is open. We thank you, Father. Amen. The cross is a paramount message. The center, the core of the heart of the Christian message is that Jesus Christ and him crucified. It specializes on the person of Christ and the position of Christ. Paul wanted people to know who Jesus was and what he had accomplished at his coming. He wants us to know the time in which he's coming back and that he will judge each individual with what they have done, with what he has shown them. So the cross is a paramount message. The center, the core, the heart of the Christian message is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The message of the cross is one part of the Christian message the world cannot duplicate. If all the false churches are in existence this morning, not a one of them can duplicate the message of the cross. Jesus was the only one that could go to that cross and shed his blood for the sin of those who acknowledge him 
as Lord and Savior. If a service emphasizes alleviating human suffering and poverty, there's a hundred social organizations that can do that. We get a card each month from the pantry where we donate our little box of food. But you know, that doesn't take any faith to do that. That just takes some compassion. Because if someone is without and I have plenty, it's just human nature that I would want to share whatever food I had with them. It's just common courtesy. But nevertheless, I appreciate the church doing that. It shows we at least know what our mission is. And I thank God for that. You need to remember that Paul gave us his plan, preaching exclusively. Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's not enough to say Jesus was a man who experienced all the challenges of human life. Every heartache you've furnished, you went through. He went through those heartaches. He was laughed at, made fun of, beaten, lied on. You name it, they did it to him. But he was our Savior. Without him, I'd be hell bound. Nothing that I could do would save me. Remember, Paul gave his plan preaching exclusively only. He was Jesus Christ. He was the son of a carpenter. But we know, we know that he was the son of the living God. Our former president, that's a slogan that I love, bring back America. Bring back America where Jesus Christ was lifted up until we sat down and let liberals fill the office because we refused to vote. But Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you. Not if we bring back America, not if we become great again, only Jesus can save. Amen. He was God himself who died on the cross, God laying on him our sins. Who put him on that cross? I did. Amen. Every child of God put him on there. He paid our sin debt. Every time that we went out and did something that we know we shouldn't, and if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, that blood will cover that sin. Amen. The cross is a precise message. How about a sermon in ten words? Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. That's what the gospel is. There is enough truth in what I've just said, to save a man. Christ died for our sins 
and rose again from the dead. Paul said in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1, notice with me please, Galatians chapter 1, beginning with verse 6 through 9, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a church. That's pretty plain, isn't it? That's pretty clear. God said there is only one gospel. And Jesus Christ died for that gospel. See, the cross is a preaching message. It's a preaching message. And we are to be willing as God gives us opportunity to preach that message. The cross is a precise message. Just a few words tells us that Christ died for our sins and rose again from the dead. I can't do what's already been done. I can't do it over because when Christ does something, it's final. He chose me and wrote my name in the book of life before this world was even created. And that's what's tired Baptist up. I understand why some other faiths may not agree with that, but, but aren't you thankful that God had you in mind before this world was here? What does that tell you? That tells you that God is a precise God. Amen. It doesn't slack your responsibility. You've got a responsibility to live according to this book. And a person told me the other night, well, my preacher don't preach that. I tried my best, believe me, to, to stay shut up. But I couldn't. I said, you need a new preacher. If you've got a preacher that doesn't preach the cross, you need a new preacher. Because he's not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross, as we said, is a preaching message. The cross preaches. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. But not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect.
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Notice verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jew a stumbling block, unto the Greek foolishness. It's foolishness. You know, preaching the cross is not sharing a dialogue or discussing. It is declaring. When I stand to preach each week, I'm not having a dialogue with the congregation. It's not what I preach and you have an opportunity to get what you say. If I'm preaching from the word, and if I say Galatians 1, 6 through 9, and I read Galatians 1, 6 through 9, it's not a matter of debate. You can debate anything that I had to take away. And God forbid that I would. Something in the 21st century preachers need to rediscover. To give people what they need, sometimes you must not give them what they want. Parents who have young children need to realize that. You're not a good parent if you give the child everything they want, but don't give them nothing they need. You know what your children need? They need the gospel. You don't want to give an answer to God when you let some bus pick them up and take them to a church across town that you don't even know what they preach or teach. Is that in the message? Well, it is now. It burdens my heart. When I talk to people, and it's all my grandchildren come over here, their parents drop them off, and I put them on a bus. And It's important they be in church. What kind of church? We're more particular about the school than we are the church. We want to know what kind of person is teaching our children instead of what kind of preacher is preaching the gospel. See, we need to understand the cross is a provocative message. The idea that God will only forgive people through one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and through one means, the cross, and one condition that it is to repent and trust entirely in him is a hard message for the unsaved. You mean there's no other way? He said, I am the, the definite article. I am the way, the truth, the life. All three of those little these is a definite article which means there is no truth except his truth. There is no way except his way. 
There is no life except the life he gives you. God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolish. It's foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. See, when I say my prayers several times a day for my wife, I don't pray to Buddha. I don't pray to Hindu. I've been going through junk, you know. I call it junk because I ain't seen it for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. I found a picture of Brother Hunley, the first man that stuck his foot in a lawnmower just so God would put him in a room with me and, and preach the gospel. I said, God used that brother. I didn't want him in the room. I told my wife or fiance at that time, my mom and anybody else would listen, me or him, one's got to go. But there was no room at the end. So he stayed in that room. Isn't God marvelous? And kept preaching. See, the cross is a provocative message. The Bible said it's foolish to them. It's foolish to a lost man to think such, believe in certain inspired words that God would bless with change your life. Consider three things about this negative part of the cross. First, this is why many of the large mega churches are not consistently preached the gospel. Never been to one of them. But all of them got a website. And they all show you what they preach. What you got to do but be a member. You go to the websites and you view the messages. They have and will find few, if any, message on the cross, the blood, the suffering of Jesus Christ for our sins. And if there is any mention of Jesus, it is only in a marginal way. Second, it is common to be met with hostility and ridicule when we lovingly share the message of the cross with the lost. But God had an answer to that as well. He said in John fifteen eighteen, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Like a gentleman told me a while back, don't take it personal. But I was done wrong in a church and I lump them all together. Well, I've only had food poison once. I stayed away from that place for years. But I 
Somebody woke me up and said, you can get food poisoning at one of the better restaurants. But anyway, after a few years, I don't know, 10 years, 11 years, I don't know exactly how long it was. I went back. It was good, second time. What am I saying? Not all restaurants are the same, and not all churches are the same. Not all professing Christians are the same. Out of that great number of professing Christians, some of them are actually saved. Some of them love the Lord. They love Jesus. And if God gave me a second, third, and fourth chance, why shouldn't we give someone else? If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before. It hated you. And thirdly, you may become discouraged at the antagonism you meet and think there is no reason to carry the message of the cross to the lost world. My answer to that is think again. Here is some good good news. The cross is a powerful message. It's powerful. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. This is why we cannot mess with the message of the cross. If we attempt to take the offense out of the cross, we end up taking the power out of the cross. If we attempt to accommodate the world by uh, removing the preaching of the cross, we are moving the only message that saves. See, 1 Corinthians one eighteen says, For the preaching of the cross is unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. It's the power of God. That's the message that your lost family needs. That's the message your friend needs. That's the message people at work needs. I'm not talking about, I told an individual that I've seen a few times, met a few few times, so it was pretty days, week or so ago, whenever it was, and I took my walk and he was out in the yard, and he hollered at me, and I went over and talked to him. And I said, you know, have you thought about what we talked about a while back? He said, yeah, I'm not ready yet. Would you like me to pray that God would uh, make you ready? I'm still waiting on an answer. He's a nice guy. I don't want to offend him. If he doesn't want to hear the gospel, I'm not going to preach it to him. But that one time. But I'm going to tell him at least one time 
your greatest need is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. I don't care what your problem is. Jesus is the answer. You're sick? Jesus. Got financial problems? Jesus. Got marriage problems? Jesus. You don't like the president? Jesus. He said, I don't understand that last one. Well, let me tell you. God tells us to know the person that we're voting for. Cross delivers us from the penalty of sin through salvation. The cross delivers us from the power of sin in our daily life through sanctification. What is sanctification? Set ourselves apart for the service of God. That's what sanctification is. That piano is sanctified. That means that somebody out in the community that want to come in here and take lessons on the piano, as long as I'm pastor, I say, no. This instrument is sanctified. This auditorium is sanctified. That's why we tell you when we're out in a meal, don't come in here eating. This this is sanctified, set apart. You ought to act different in here than you would in the fellowship hall. Watch it, Tony. The cross is a pressing message. The church cannot save. Baptism cannot save. Penance cannot save. Sincerity cannot save. Trying to change your life will not save. You will either go to heaven God's way or you won't go to heaven. I don't care what you call yourself. Baptist, Presbyterian, Christian, Church of God, whatever. You know, people ask me, I'd get the gathering from you that you think only Baptists are saved. I said, you give me too much credit. I don't think all of them are. Because being a Baptist won't save you. Being a blood-washed Christian is what will save you. Put whatever name you want to. Just when we talk, that you can tell me that Jesus died for me, he was buried for me, he arose for me, and if you follow my lifestyle for a while, you'll see that I'm not the person I used to be. Remember that song Brother Bobby Wall used to sing? Daddy, you got a child, you got a brand new daddy now. Your old drunken daddy, he don't go down to the bar no more. He don't brawl anymore. He doesn't lie anymore. He doesn't cheat anymore. You got a brand new daddy now. A brand new son. A brand new daughter. Name whatever you want to. When Christ saves you, you're brand new. The cross is a pressing message. The church cannot save. None of these things can save. The cross presses... uh, The cross presses on the heart of those who say they are saved. Some cannot embrace this cross life because they have never really come to the cross and being genuine born again. See, there's people every week that finds out walking down the aisle, going into the waters of baptism has no power to change your life. 
That's just the evidence. How will Luke know that Charlie really loves him? How will Charlie know that Luke really loves him? He won't be looking at nobody else. They won't be flirting with nobody else. They'll be careful who they are seeing, who they're talking to, who they're with. Because she belongs to him and he belongs to her. But that's just friends. Friends cause more divorces than... (coughs) Shut up, Tony. You will either go to heaven God's way or you'll go to hell your way. Just that simple. Not hard to comprehend, not hard to understand. Our last point, the cross is a personal message. Do you know the Jesus of the New Testament and have you accepted the payment that he made in your behalf and the cross for your sins and for your salvation? See, God offers salvation through his son. If you're here today and lost, that invitation, that offer goes to you. He said, but I don't know enough. I've served this before. I'm, I'm not ashamed. I was so dumb about the Bible, I thought Job would job. I mean, the spells right. I didn't know those Job's. I knew a lot of jobs. I didn't know there was different Johns in the Bible. I didn't know the 12 disciples. I didn't even know how many disciples it was. I didn't know Christ built the church, but I knew I was lost. I knew I was lost. And I surrendered all, and I sat under a man that fed me. And sometimes I left the church mad. But something about it, before the next service, I was glad to go back. Isn't that amazing? Because I knew he was preaching that because he loved me. Not to pick on me. First John 5, 12 says, He that hath the Son have life, he that hath not the Son have not life. First John 5, 12. You may be saying to yourself, I just haven't got around to it yet. Well, <coughs> there's a couple of verses I want to read, and we'll let you go. John 3.18. We know John 3.16, don't we? John 3.18 said, He that believeth on him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. You know how important that is? You're condemned. You're on your way to hell simply because you don't believe that Jesus Christ died for you, was buried for you, and arose for you. You don't have to do nothing else. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There's no life in baptism. There's no life in joining a church. There's no life in giving up your favorite little sin and picking up another one. There's no life in any of those things. Those are the evidence that you've got life. 
It's sort of like the true love. When you pick that one, that one picks you, and you become one. I mean. That's all you want. The other verse is John 3.36. John, the third chapter, 36th verse. He that believeth on the Son hath, right now, everlasting life. What kind of life? Everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. God could take your life at any time. And he'd be just in doing so. Because he created all of us. And those that will acknowledge that he is the way, the truth, and the life, God said, I will give unto that person eternal life. The question is, what you're doing, is it more important than knowing if you lay down on your bed tonight and if God didn't wake you up and touch you to glory, that glory would you, you would go. But most people I talk to say, Preacher, I hope I'm saved. I believe I am, but, you know. No, I, I want you to leave here this morning knowing you're saved. I want you to be able to say, I know that I know that I know that Jesus died for me, he was buried for me, and one day he's coming back for me. Now, if you believe that, God can save you, will save you. 